10 o'clock hour of our weekly radio broadcast. The on the house, uh, the open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923. Lots of follow-up from the shows we've done the last couple weeks. It's how we generally get the show started, so Jennifer can line up the callers. There are open lines right now. We've cleared the lines over the top of the break. one 767 So every once in a while, uh, we get a letter from a listener. And you know what? I've learned a lesson. When the letter starts, in all due respect... <laughs> Just delete. Yeah, no, no, they're, no. They're about ready to chop you off at the knees. Yeah, so we did. Get In chopped. all due respect, Jim writes us last week. He says, and I mean that sincerely, the article about recycling, in my opinion, was pretty useless. First of all. Which was, our, which was our topic last week. Yes. I don't see Arizonans traveling around the city to drop off recyclables at different locations. I have a busy life. That's not going to happen. And then second, the only other way of recycling is to pay to have my recyclables picked up at my home by a garbage provider and incur extra cost. And I'm not really sure. I'm going to paraphrase here. It's a little long. And I'm not really sure that it's actually going to recycling is actually going to happen. So why would I pay somebody to do it when I'm not sure what they're really doing with it? Basically. <laughs> so, so I do want to recycle. I don't like throwing stuff away. If you really want to use a, have a useful input into this issue, contact the trash contractors in the state of Arizona and ask them what they are doing. But I think we did that. Well, we did. We did. So, so maybe he didn't tune in and hear that well, interview. Maybe well, he maybe just read the article. Maybe, there you go. Maybe that's and the case. The funny thing about the, I have a busy life, wasn't he writing from a retirement community? <laughs> <laughs> retirement can be really busy. Yeah, it can. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so we had two guests on to talk about recycling. Uh, Miss Dory. Dory Morales from Green Living, Arizona, uh, Green Living Magazine. Magazine. Sorry. And I, I had someone on from Republic Services. And so we reached back out to our guests and said, hey, here's some feedback we've gotten from our listeners that heard or read the article. So does recycling material get recycled? Here's the answer from Republic Services. Republic Services last year recycled 5 million tons of material. Romy, you're the mathematician. Multiply that times 2,000 pounds. Five million? Five million tons of recyclables. Mm-hmm. You and, and, and the question is, is it economically feasible? Ten billion. Ten billion pounds of of recycled material that did not end up in our landfill. That's from one company. They've got 75 recycling centers across the country. They've got a brand new polymer center that they'll be building in Las Vegas. So to answer Jim's question, the recycling has gotten a bad rap in the last five to six, seven years. And everyone's getting the assumption that it's just going to the landfill. It's not. So, Yes, you do have to live in a city, and I think where you live, the recycling collection has gone from weekly to bi-weekly, but it's still done. 
Uh, a lot of municipalities are still doing it weekly. So I think it's a responsible part of all of us here sharing planet Earth to take advantage of the resources and use them as efficiently and effectively as possible. And if one company like Republic Services can recycle 5 million tons of material, that's only one company. It's a big company. I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll grant you that. It's a big company. But there are real costs to providing recycling services. Uh, and you've got to be at a size and an operation of something like this organization to pull it off. But uh, don't give up on recycling in your neighborhood. Do like Jim says. Check with your local trash provider and verify what the recycle collection protocol is in your neighborhood and recycle. I, I, I've been a recycler since 1972 when I decided to be a remodeler and not a new home builder. There you go. Uh, I think I've built three new homes in, in 47 years. I like to recycle. So I'm a big believer of Habitat Restore. Put all that stuff that we've been ripping out and putting in dumpsters back to to a restore where they can sell it and Use the funds to build a home for somebody's hand up. And, you know, if you are getting ready to deconstruct your home, Habitat will send a crew out. They will deconstruct and take all that stuff for you. So that's a really nice service. And then it gets reused and repurposed. What did Dory have to say about recycling? Uh, She's still, you know, I threw it at her too late yesterday. She had a a dinner out, but she said she'd look in it because she used to live in Oro Valley. She said she did know that in Tucson they had gone from once a week collection to once or to twice a month collection. So... You know, the the whole industry is definitely down, but I don't think we need to give up on it completely. And then just one really quick uh, feel-good follow-up. I love uh, feel-good follow-ups. Well, I was fussing about the litter. Especially after <laughs> in all due respect. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I was fussing about the litter because it really does bother me. And um, we found a little article this week in uh, the Casa Grande newsletter. Dispatch. Uh, dispatch. And um, there's a couple, Kim and Michael Harper, who found themselves like me, fussing about the trash, fussing about the trash, fussing about the trash, and they decided to do something about it. So they started collecting trash. They have started a, if you live in the area, there's a Facebook page where you can sign up to help called Clean Up Casa Grande, and they have found some colorful trash bags. So it kind of draws an eye to the movements. I think they said purple and maybe, I don't know, a couple different color fun trash bags so they can kind of make a point like here's our, we've collected this much. But his point is, and I highly agree, he said he has a theory that once people see litter, they think it's okay to litter. So it kind of breeds more litter. So, you know, if we just take the time to pick up, then it's, we'll keep other people from wanting to do the same. It's yeah. just like dishes in the sink. <laughs> right. If there's one dish in there, all of a sudden there's ten dishes That's in right. there. No, you put it all the way into the dishwasher, and then there's never a buildup in the sink. That's right. So this is a Rosie on the house. Tip of the hat, slap on the back, attaboy, girl to Kim and Michael Harper of Casa Grande, who are doing what they can to quit complaining about the litter, jump in with both hands, both feet, and start picking up the litter. And the how would they jo- how would you join the Harpers as someone from Casa Grande? There's a Facebook page where you can sign up to help called Clean Up Casa Grande. And uh, it doesn't look like – well, they have 44 members so far, and they're awesome. just trying to get people – You know, I, I think that's the kind of thing you – we all think that's somebody else's job. 
So good for them. All right. Let's go to the calls. They're starting to line up. You can join the conversation with any question about your house, home, castle, or cabin by dialing the toll-free number, one 767 Is that Louise? Yes. Hello. Good morning, Miss Louise. Good morning. What do you... My question is... Okay. Um, uh, a slump block, does it have to be, for building a house, does it have to be sealed on the outside after you built it? Or is it is okay it, without being sealed? Is this a 35, 40-year-old home? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's about the age when slump block was the most uh, popular. And if it's true slump block it is compressed and sealed heat sealed to a point where the block itself is not very porous now it's not to say it won't take on some moisture but sometimes the grout joints can actually get wet enough that it bleeds through to the end of the house generally speaking miss louise that's not a problem because even in homes that age we generally put a three-quarter inch furring strip on the inside and hung sheetrock and there wasn't so much moisture that would ever cause a problem the great thing about masonry homes is on the outside they are generally maintenance free it's exactly the reason i love it if your slump block home if 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 it's slump block inside and out and there were some that were built with no interior furring uh, and you're seeing damp spots on the inside of the house after these long, long 30 hours, slow rains. Um, you could seal a particular area. You could take a visual check and see if there's a void in the grout somewhere where it may be getting through. And there are masonry sealers you can put on it. Manufactured by the name of Ocon, O-K-O-N, masonry sealer might be one great option. But get it in a non-glossy so you can only do the area that's giving you the trouble and no one else can see that you've done it. But generally speaking, you do not need to seal the slump block that was used to build masonry homes in Maricopa County. Now, the exception to that is the block they used to build the Sam Hughes District in the many of the housing projects in Tucson. Those homes are like sponges. It, it, you're, you're like four hours into a rainstorm and you've got water running down the inside of your walls. Those homes down there in the Tucson area definitely do, in fact, need to be sealed or patio covers need to be built to keep the moisture off the outside of the walls all the time. That was one thing I was going to say about the slump block homes is they were, you know, in addition to the type of material and how they treated it, the they were smart enough to put patios on most of it. Or you ease. didn't have, yeah. you know, direct, even when it was raining, a lot of that block wasn't even getting hit because of patios and eaves. Miss Louise, I'm a big believer in uh, slump block. As a matter of fact, being the type of old-fashioned guy I am that don't, does not like to do maintenance, Jennifer and I are just preparing to remodel a home that we're going to move into. I told her after 40 years, I'll, I'll remodel you one more home. And uh, we're going to use a lot of slump block. I love the ranch look of it. I love the zero maintenance of it. And I love the fact 
that we can foam fill it with an Integra system and be one of the best insulated. And it's going to be slump block inside and out with lights for all our Western art to hang on the inside of the house. We're pretty excited about it. Here to answer your questions about anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin in the great state of Arizona. Had to answer a question last week about flagstone driveways. Driveways. Flagstone driveways. Well, that's probably about the most expensive driveway you can put in. Then I found out they were calling from San Antonio. <laughs> righty. So, we're here to answer any question you all have. I've been building and remodeling in Arizona since 1972. We've built and remodeled in Ehrenberg, Arizona. Not very many remodeling contractors can say that. Say, where's Ehrenberg? We've built and remodeled in Wikiup, Arizona. Not very many remodeling contractors can say that. We've built and remodeled in Flagstaff, Tucson, Eager, Springerville, Alpine, Nutrioso, Sholo, and, of course, predominantly in Maricopa County. So wherever you're tuned in and listening from, if you've got a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin, chances are we've got the answer to give to you for your Arizona home, or we know someone in your neighborhood that we have come to learn to trust that we can go to for the right information, thereby giving you the right information. So that's our goal, to become you, the Arizona homeowner's best friend. That's not to say we're going to have every answer to every question you ever ask us, but we'll get it for you. That's how we'll be your best friend. We had a text question on the topic we were covering last hour on Casitas. And uh, Kim, I see your question. We're going to get to you right next, I promise. But one of the questions is, how, can parking be an issue when we're talking about adding a casita? Well, yes, it absolutely can. Absolutely can. Well, I'd imagine that's probably a big factor of the discovery phase. It, it's a huge factor, and that's why, that's why we would encourage you to contact us about a feasibility study to talk about that. Because there'll be certain subdivisions in, in older areas where there, the lots won't be big enough for that occupant of the casita to park any other place but on the street. That could be an issue. So, it's, yes, that is one more concern of having to address, get the answer to it before you proceed. Now, a lot of the old neighborhoods that they have alley pickups for the trash – you know, it's obviously big enough to get a dump truck through there to pick it up. Could you build in a garage gate in, to drive in off an alleyway? There there are alleys that will let you, and there are alleys that won't let you. So I'm again, in an older neighborhood, and I have an alley that has two garages in the back. They, Very easy to access. One area that, yeah. that, that does allow mm-hmm. Let's see if we can get to Kim real quick. And any other of you that would like to get in, one 767 What's Kim trying to get done today? Uh, I have a, a regular kitchen sink, traditional, with the cabinet and the sink on top and the countertop. I want to take that out and put in a utility sink. Can I do that? Um, 
Are you talking like when I think of the term utility sink, I think of a big tub that you'd find like in a laundry room or a or a workshop. Is, yes, the, uh, it's the deep one that's usually by the the washer and dryer. Yes, and you want that as a kitchen sink. It's in a casita, and oh. I want to turn it back more towards an arts and crafts room. Oh. Instead of a, a, it was a galley kitchen. Got it. And so I want to put in a bigger sink like that. Gen- generally speaking, here are the things I would want to look at, Kim. I would want to come in, take a look at your cabinets and see what size the vanity cabinet is that's already there. Then I would go to Central Arizona Supply and I'd say, I've got 32-inch space to use. What's the utility sink that'll fit in a 32-inch space? That's going to be mounted either on four independent legs. Usually it's a fiberglass unit and the legs are fiberglass as well. You can get them wall hung as well, but there, but there's, there's nothing limiting you from removing that cabinet, uh, uh, you, removing that countertop, uh, surgically getting it removed and inserting a slide in utility sink you can certainly do that and one 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 of the places i would go is central arizona supply they're they're a great plumbing wholesaler family owned and operated with multiple showrooms across the valley and um, when you're there you're always talking to an experienced plumber you're not talking to a salesperson that's covering the electrical department the plumbing department and the air conditioning department like I say, I traded a faucet at my house just this last week, and I walked in with the old one, and the guy looked at me, and he says, Rosie, where did you find this? I said, I found it in my house. And he said, I haven't seen one like this in 40 years. <laughs> it's It just it still worked until day before yesterday. 60 years, though. I mean, it's yeah, a, that, that's my, a heck I, of a faucet. Me and Jennifer's house was built in 1966 by an auto mechanic, and I've never wanted to remodel the hall bathroom because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. But now that he's graduated, we can probably get on with the job. <laughs> Four-by-four dowel tile that's never been touched or replaced looks as new as the day it was installed. Do you know the maker of that faucet, by chance? That was a Delta. Oh! surprised they didn't replace it for free. Lifetime warranty, right? I couldn't ask them. I didn't have the courage. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie, for you. We had started the hour off talking about feedback we received from a listener in Oracle Valley about recycling and the hassle it is. We got a text question from a homeowner in Gilbert that says, "I feel like a heel throwing away glass and plastic now that Gilbert doesn't take recycling." So I looked <clears throat> around, just typed in you know, Gilbert recycling. And on the city of Gilbert's website, uh, they have all the different drop-off locations. I know that was the homeowner's complaint in Oracle's. Yeah. I don't have time to separate my trash and go drop it off at all these different <clears throat> locations. But uh, if you, you, there are drop-off locations if you're that uh, motivated to do it. And they have it broken down from plastic, metal, glass, cardboard, and paper in just the different places that you can go take those materials. And I would imagine most municipality websites have a recycling resource on their on their website. What's your hope so? 
one of the email inquiries we got during the week was a woman wrote us and said, you know, there's a spot on my floor, ceramic tile floor, that's so warm on these cold days, I like just to go stand right there. Oops. Oops. If you've got a warm spot underneath your floor, I hate to tell you this, but your water heater, your hot water line is leaking. So take a look at what your water bill has done over the past 30 days and see if you haven't had a spike in it. Turn your hot water heater off for a day and see if that warm spot uh, disappears. You've got probably a pinhole leak in the homes we built through the 70s. We would run the copper line through the uh, underlayment before we would pour the concrete. It was a great way to kind of offset the heat of the water that was coming from the city water line. Uh, it, It beat at the time the option of running those water lines through this attic where even your cold water line would get the water up to 110, 115 degrees. So we ran the copper lines in those days under the house. I still like to do it in my projects today. But when the copper has to come up from underground, it has to go through four inches of gravel that we call aggregate base coarse, which is kind of coarse rock mixed with sand. Then it has to go through the concrete. Well, ideally, you line the copper with a padding to go through both those, and it'll last for 100 years. But occasionally, one of those sharp rocks from the ABC end up right up against the copper line. And over the course of the water running through the copper line and the little bit of vibration that causes over the course of 40 or 45 years, it has worn some kind of little pinhole leak. You can't hear it, but those warm spots are invariably a result of it. So, and, and, and there's no good way to solve it to speak of. I don't think I would recommend lining the supply line with the epoxy system. We've tried that a couple times. It works well on the waste lines, but when you've got a water leak in your supply line, you're generally going to have to saw cut the floor, open up the broken area, repair it, and put the the floor back together, which means probably a good time for you to update your floor tile. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's not something you did just recently. <laughs> right, right. You know, when a home is that old, there's good chance that there's a lot of improvements that are have already been made. And hopefully <clears throat> you're not having to tear up new flooring. Now one of the one of the uh do-it-yourself tips we talk about in our newsletter this week, I saw this the copy of it was Wall Candy. And immediately uh, I went to uh, when you shared your bedroom with your little brother and we'd go bank up his bed, there'd be gum stuck on the back of the wall by his pillow. <laughs> yeah, Romy's Can't never, imagine that. Never, never Romy's side. Never. You could, you could walk in that room and you knew two people lived in that house right down the middle of the floor. You could tell. This was somebody's space, and this was somebody else's. I thought you were going to talk about So the, the wall candy uh, t- topic, the DIY, is about different things you can do to your wall. Yes. And we talk a lot about paint, but there's all kinds of other things you can do to decorate your walls. And in that room, we actually had a wainscot made of some old barn that's, wood. That's yeah. where I thought he was yeah, going with too. that. Yeah, me too. It was a much more appealing thing to talk about. So anyway, uh, that was really cool. But um, And then we had Baby Carol. 
uh-huh. our our tail dragger, the surprise, and um, she then she gets her own bedroom, not like any of the other five kids that were all shared, and she wanted her room pink, Pepto Bismol pink, and we painted it pink, and she walked in the room. She says, "No, I meant pink." <laughs> Well, before that, it was the, as pink as I could get it, and it wasn't pink enough. And before that, it was wallpaper. And talking to Rochelle at Rosie Wright Remodel, wallpaper is back. You know, for for, for a while, I think it almost totally went away, but it is back in a big way. And um, actually, we'll be going to the K Biz show up in Vegas next oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks. And yeah. last time we were there last year, they had Romy. Um, you know how they have the inventor section. And the idea yes. section, there was a gal who was making it possible for you to print your own wallpaper, which I thought was very interesting. So I will check up on them and see if they've made any progress. But wallpaper is an option. And then decals. Uh, decals the are decals a big decals are fun. The flathead decals. You can really personalize a kid's room. You can have them. You can have lettering done. You can have a saying done. You can. Uh, there's uh, you know stuff for your favorite team. You can, you can have a full-size picture of Brock Purdy in his 49ers outfit dropping back to complete the Super Bowl winning pass. There you go. Hardy high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Romy, have you ever tried these, um, the, the paints like that you can make a magnetic wall or a, or a chalkboard? Have you tried any of those? Not personally. I've yeah. seen them. Yeah. Julia has done a couple of those. Those are cool. So you pick a portion of your wall and frame it off. And there's paints that you can put on there that have magnetic quality so you can hang things on the wall with magnets and stuff. So for kids' artwork, awesome. For chores, you know, or family announcements, that's great. And also there's paints that you can do the same kind of thing, mark off an area, and then you can uh, walk up right on like a chalkboard. So there's all kinds of fun things you can do. There are. You can find that article at uh, rosieonthehouse.com under – it's actually right on the front page today. A paint uh, that holds uh, magnet, though. Well, all week, I've been stunned yeah. by that. I said, how do, how do you make something like that? You know? I, I could not tell you, but it's pretty cool. Okay. All right. We were sent pictures of a, of a family, uh, of a foundation, uh, the cor- front corner of their home, right by the electric panel. And uh, underneath the stem wall, there's a little hole with decomposed granite pulled aside. And the question is, my wife wants to know if we need to worry about this hole. It's it's generally what I see here is just a small burrowing animal is burrowing in beside your stem wall. You don't have anything to worry about. I don't see any moisture coming out of it that would indicate a subsurface leak like we talked about with the other listener. I would tell you I would get a piece of rebar from the Ace Hardware store in my neighborhood, get some 3 eighths rebar two feet long, and I would just see how far I could stick it down in that hole uh, horizontally and sideways and see if there were any big void areas. If there were, well, then I might call somebody out to address it. But I'm pretty sure the picture I'm looking at, and you've taken it from standing three feet back and from four inches away, I'm pretty sure that's just a small burrowing desert animal that's just trying to find a place to get out of the rain. Nothing to worry about. I love the pictures people are sending now. It, it makes this call-in talk show so much easier for me just to get an idea of, okay, I see that. We did a show-and-tell last week of drywall cracks, and I think we had 20 people write in saying, how would you get inside my house to take those pictures? <laughs> it was a con- it's a common problem with everyone, and drywall cracks are has people concerned. Is it something I need to worry about? Or is this just normal movement within my 
within my house. So you can, you can, you, we, we posted it on Facebook and I explained it all right there, exactly what you do need to worry about and what you don't need to worry about. Hey, we were talking last hour about casitas and that Rosie Wright remodeling, the fact that that's the one thing people are calling them out the most. And close behind that still remains kitchen remodeling. And we've run a couple seminars where we kind of talk people through how we build a budget for your kitchen remodel. Well, we're having another seminar coming up in a couple weeks. If you'd like to attend it, reach out to us at rosywright.com. It's going to be February 22nd, Thursday at 1130. We'll serve you lunch. It's limited seating. But if you want to learn how we build a kitchen budget, We'd love to have you come sit down and join us. Like I say, limited seating. Go to rosywright.com and register your interest in attending or call 480-248-8699. February 22nd, right at lunch hour, 1130 to 1. Our flagship station, KTAR, had a story out this week that I clipped. Uh, there are certain homes in the Maricopa County uh, County that can apply for the 2024 Pool Fence Safety Program and get a pool fence for their backyard uh, free of charge. Now, obviously, there's restrictions, there's applications, uh, but we'll post that link in today's podcast page at rosieonthehouse.com. Uh, this is the 10 hour, 10, 10 o'clock hour. Uh, and this is the fourth segment. So you would just scroll to, once you selected today's broadcast, scroll down to the fourth segment, and we'll have that direct link there for you. Uh, and speaking of pools, not next Saturday, but the one after February 24th, uh, Omni Pool Builders in Tucson has a brand new grand opening showroom that we're excited uh, about. We'll be talking about that and have... Uh, Martin Martin Lopez on talking about that in the 10 o'clock hour. We're actually going to switch those hours that day. The 9 o'clock hour will be the 10 o'clock hour because that will lead right up to the showroom grand opening. And the 10 o'clock open home hour will actually be the 9 o'clock hour for that day. So a little bit of change up, but, you know, got to be accommodating to everyone's schedule. doesn't always fit in the, our perfect uh, cut and dry layout. We also have tickets to give away. February 19th, Coyotes uh, Hockey, and February 24th, ASU Basketball. So both of those, uh, if you're listening and you'd like to attend those, just send us a text to 411923. Uh, if you want to go to the Sun Devils, type in Sun Devils Basketball. If you want to go to the Coyotes, just type in Coyotes. And then at the end of this programming segment, we'll just pick a random winner and I think these are all back to electronic, right? And then we'll we'll get an email from you, and Julie will get them transferred for you Monday. And those are when? The Coyotes is February 19th. Okay, got a little planning time. Good. And ASU is February 24th. Very good. So I shall, that'll be the Saturday we're with the, the Tucson showroom grand opening at Omni Pools. We had lots of open tickets to give away, but... We couldn't hardly give them away the last couple of days. It was so wet and cold. But today's winners and Sunday winners should have a beautiful day to be outside and enjoy the open. <laughs> that was funny timing. That was 
Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people regretting that timing. But next week's supposed to be beautiful. <laughs> I, I got stuck in the traffic leaving the open. You, you went? I did not. But you were in that I was traffic. just trying to cross that part of town. Oh, as they were. As when the people. rain hit. And for, a, for an errand that would usually take me about 15 minutes, I was stuck in traffic for 45 minutes. Ooh. <laughs> Lots of people here. Yeah. It was well, a massive exodus all at once. So it wasn't the ideal Chamber of Commerce weather that we like to broadcast for the open all year long, but uh, well, on Thursday when the weather was so bad, uh, I met my I met Katie, our daughter, over at Fashion Square. It was packed. You think all you think yeah. they were all there? Everybody thinks all the all the um, ladies at the at the shop thought, well, it must be because everybody's got nothing else to do. They're getting rained out. So. All right, major takeaways from today's broadcast: Justin Roner with Agriscaping in the eight o'clock hour. Boy, he's a constant flow of information about trying to turn every living thing on your property into something that's edible. I can't wait to have a hedge of artichoke plants. (laughs) And it may not all be edible to people, but things that attract pollinators that will then help, you know, the things you are trying to grow for yourself to eat. I liked his trick of planting things that critters like on the outside so you can save your things for the middle. Critters don't like. Right, to repel them. (laughs) Right, right, so that you can protect the things you got in the middle that you want to eat. I liked finding out there's somebody else uses a flamethrower to weed their yard. <laughs> it works. And it's perfectly organic. It is. And it puts good carbon, whatever, back in the soil. Good fertilizer. And with the rain we've gotten since the first of the year, and like I say, at my garden, uh, we're right at three inches since January 1st. I mean, that is the richest fertilizing nitrogen, nitrogen-filled uh rain that's 10 times in my opinion from my experience that's 10 times more productive than fertilizer and city water put through a sprinkling system there's nothing more uh beneficial than natural rain and what it does to the lawn and the garden and everything so it's been a it's been a beautiful january it really is even though it hasn't been perfect golf playing weather ski season opens monday I've I've been getting the snowball uh, powder email alerts and man every, every day, you know, it's it's almost like they, you know, they're, they're just copying and pasting. Best ski day so far this year. Best <laughs> ski day so far this year. Best ski day so far this year. Staycation to snowball. All runs open. Powder weather. Powder weather. Oh man. Speaking oh, of staycation, don't forget to keep signing up. You know, you just look on the on your on your. Um, Homeowner's Handbook, and it'll tell you where we're going that month and sign up for a month you want, and, and we pick a winner. Everybody's, there's somebody going out every month in a Sanderson Ford with $250 cash and a nice big basket and a whole weekend of... of uh, it's literally a free vacation. Staycation, yeah. It is a staycation where we keep you within the borders of the state, the wonderful state of Arizona, hopefully encouraging you to go see a corner of the state maybe you've never been to at our expense and the expense of Sanderson Ford. Loaning you the car, we pay for the gas and the fuel, and we take care of your lodging as well. Free Arizona staycation, only available at rosyonthehouse.com. And then 9 o'clock hour, we had Rosie Wright Design Build Remodeling in talking about backyard casitas now that they're allowed to be built in the city of Phoenix. And, you know, the, the biggest thing there 
I think starting was just that all other cities are pretty much just going to have to follow suit at some point in time. Some already have. And just so, how, yeah, the, the expense built in, you don't realize in trying to improvements in in water and sewer, utility infrastructure. Yeah, right. I hope the I hope what the takeaway was from that hour is just how much there is to think about that you've got to have someone with experience to talk to before you just willy nilly say I'm going to build a casino in my backyard. There's a lot of repercussions and details that have to be covered. <laughs>